rhythm. What does a heart do? Why does it go to do? Because it takes blood and it distributes it. What does it take? Notice that a heart never keeps anything. A heart never holds anything. A heart only distributes things. And so when the heart is beating, it's taking deoxygenated blood. It's sending it to the lungs to get oxygen. And when it receives the oxygen, it sends it out to the body. Notice, it takes what's malnourished and puts it to a place where it will find nourishment. And once it puts it to a place where it finds nourishment, then it takes it and it distributes it. It doesn't hold on to negative things. It takes negative things and it transitions it into positive. Oh, y'all ain't with me. It takes the stuff that isn't good and then it makes it good. It takes the stuff that are wrong and it makes it right. I don't wait for the lungs to do it. I'm sending it to the lungs. I'm not waiting for the body to do it. I'm going to send it where it has to go. Here's the problem. We see the negative things in life and we don't distribute it we hold on to it we hold on to negativity we hold on to hurt we hold on to pain he did that to me I gotta wait for him to apologize no you got the power to forgive yourself you ain't gotta wait on nobody you can go to him you can go to her you can do it yourself if I'm in a marriage and she ain't what I want her to be that's all right you can take whatever she's not and you can make yourself into what you would want her to be that's what love looks like love takes it in and love takes puts it out it takes what's wrong and then it pushes it out the right way. It takes negativity and pushes out positivity. That's what the heart does. Heart beats. Heart beats. Heart beats. Okay. <clears throat> All right. I apologize. I'm still scrolling in my verse. Okay. It says this. Pay very close attention. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of, what does that say? Stone and out of your, right? I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. So much in there. But one part I want to highlight is where he says, I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Father, we ask that you would bless us in this time. Lord, speak to us. Lord, speak to me, God. Lord, I may have taken some time to prepare, but Lord, have your way. I don't even have my notes on me, but God, just... Bless me. Be with me. Speak through me. We ask that in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Um, God's up to something. Tell somebody to say, God's up to something. The reason why I say that is because my iPad disappeared all of a sudden. Is it? Okay. Um, my wife just indicated to me where my iPad is. Um, everything just veers? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. But as I was preparing, I said, okay, you know, I got my notes. I got everything. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to preach this, ready to share this. And then I just walked out and said, wait, where are my notes? And then I was like, okay, I ain't got no notes. So I'm just going to go as the Spirit leads. Amen? Heartbeats. 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 Um, so before I even get into the first point, I want to give an introduction to the first point, which would be the introduction to what I want to preach next week. Did y'all catch that? 
the intro to the intro, which will only be the intro. Is that, is that cool? Is that cool? When we think of love, what is the organ that comes to mind? The heart. It almost seems like the heart has been associated with love. And it only makes sense since the first thing that has been created or the first thing that's created in a fetus is the circulatory system, right? It's the first thing that's created. The first organ that's fully developed in a fetus is the, the heart. And that would only make sense because the circulatory system serves as a distribution system for the rest of your body, right? It serves as a distribution system for, for oxygen and for the nutrients, right? And so the heart then pumps the blood. Now, this would make sense, right? Because the Bible tells us that, that the life is in the blood. That's in Leviticus chapter 17, verses 11. So based on that revelation, we find clarity that life cannot exist without the presence of blood. Things that are living, things that are breathing, things that you see that exist, they exist because of blood. You don't have enough blood, it affects your ability to leave, leave, live. And so blood then pumps, circulates, distributes oxygen, nutrients, everything that the body needs. The life is in the blood. And the heart serves as the engine or the pumping system to pump the blood throughout the body. I can understand then why then the Bible often also synonymously uses love with a use of your heart or with a function of your heart. I can understand that because the Bible even says this, says that you must guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Out of your heart flows the issues of life, the, the, the issues that is everything that is going on in your life, the issues that is everything that you're dealing with, the issues from marriage to parenting to your career to your job to everybody that's around you to everything that you're involved in has to do with your heart. Your heart is the operating system for your body. You can have a Macintosh computer. I just said Macintosh. Did I just say Macintosh? I did. It's still a Mac, right? I mean, anybody remember the Macintosh, right? With the little green, the little green bubble. That was nicely, that was nobody. See, I'm old now. I'm old now. Steve, Steve, Steve Jobs, right? He is. No, never mind. Um, but we know this, right? That you can put all the hardware, any computer engineers in here? Any computer techs in here? Right? You can look at all the features, right? It's got RAM. You can have RAM. You can have CPU. You can have all the power in the world. But if you ain't got an operating system, you ain't got nothing. You can have a phone, because now, you know, we, we deal with this, right? iOS 7, the only real operating system. Or, I, you know, that's the only... iOS. iOS. You know, that's the only real... Real operating system. Anybody using Androids, I, I pray for you every day. That God's grace will work on you. Right? I, I just, I don't know how you guys could have pride to say that your operating systems are like food, like jelly bean. Like things like jelly, like jelly bean? What is that? I eat jelly beans. That's what I do. But then again, you can eat apples. So, whatever. 
Anyway. Because it's Apple now, right? But, but, but on a serious note, if the operating system isn't functional, the hardware doesn't matter. You can have the greatest, op- you can have the greatest hardware, case in point, you can have an iPhone with amazing hardware, but if the operating system don't work, every time you press IT, it's going to be capital I, period, lowercase t, period. Or it's going to be that, that, that A with the square and then the question mark. Remember that season? Every time you're like, oh, gosh. I saw all y'all posts. Every one of your tweets. Every one of your Facebook. Got, got A, question mark. Some of you still got it. We know where you're at in your update. Based on the... <laughs> But the operating system determines how the hardware functions. You can have all the accoutrements. You can have all the hardware. You can have all the functionality. You can have all the power. And if you do not have the operating system to power it, it means nothing. Yet sometimes we think that if we add appendages or physical upgrades, it will improve the output of the system. We think if we add more RAM, we'll get a better computer. The problem is, it's not the RAM. The problem is you're running Windows 95. You can put all, you can put 30 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of RAM, put two terabytes of RAM if you can. But if you upgrade it, it will not operate. Why? Because the operating system cannot handle the upgrade. Can I go a little bit deeper? Some people are looking for upgrades. Upgrade me. We look for upgrades not realizing we don't have operating systems to use them. We don't have operating systems powerful enough for the upgrades. This is what I hear. I hear that there's technology that exists that goes way beyond what we're using now. The problem is the software has not been functional enough to meet the operating systems. Been, been, Been functional enough to meet the hardware. So the hardware sits there and waits till the operating system can catch up to it. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want money, that's an upgrade. But your operating system can't meet it. You want a husband, that's an upgrade. But you ain't got the operating system to meet it. Proof? There are people who win the lotto and are broke within five years. You didn't have an operating system for the money. You wanted a husband before you were ready for him. Because you thought, if I get that upgrade, I'll be better. No, you're still the same person. And so you're adding RAM, but you ain't got functionality. You're still running Windows 95. Touch somebody next to you and say, are you running Windows 95? Are, are you running Windows 95? For, 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 for what? Out of it flows the issues of life. You got parenting problems not because of your kids, it's because of you. You've got relational problems not because of them, but because of you. If every guy you meet is a problem, maybe you're the problem. If every woman you meet is a problem, maybe it's got something to do with your heart. 
If everywhere you go to work, everybody who's at your job is the problem, don't you think that maybe it's got something to do with you? So somebody say, look at yourself. Examine yourself. It also says you must examine your own heart. Check your operating system. You might need an upgrade. For out of it flows the issues of life. Um, life's problems are really heart problems. Can I, can I take that slow? Take it slow. <laughs> I'm on it right now. I'm just waiting for a hype man. <laughs> I get no hype man today. Just let me know, man. Where you at, Renan? <laughs> I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Oh, pray for me, y'all. Pray for me. I, need, I don't need Jesus. I need Jesus, but I don't need him the way you think I need him. I don't need him the way you think I need him. But on a serious note, I, I'm shifting. I'm shifting. I'm shifting. But it's all good. Have you ever really seen what drives your behavior? Because your heart determines your motive. Your heart determines your attitude. Your heart doesn't simply determine your emotions, but it determines what motivates you, what pushes you. So if out of your heart flows the issues of life, it's saying your heart will tell you what you will respond to. Your heart will tell you what you will react to. Your heart will tell you what you will move towards. And the thought problem is, it's not, it's not what life brings to us. It is how we respond to the things of life. It's how we respond to situations. Can I go a little bit deeper on that? Yes. All right. For out of it flows the issues of life. The heart is the functional organ to express love. And I just want to give a little, little, little context here before I even go to the next point. When we speak of love, because we asked this question earlier, right? What is love? And I love your conversations. I love all that. That's great. Awesome. The three words that I see in love. And we talked about this on Thursday. Three words that I see in love. First, you got eros. If you want to, you can take a little bit. You can take some notes. There's, there's eros. Eros love. Eros love. E-R-O-S. It is the Greek word for what we get, for where we get the word erotic. Erotic. Now, I was giving some clarity to this because we have misinterpreted eros. We have misappropriated eros. When we think of erotic Y- y'all thinking about some something else? Okay, no, not that time. That could get really awkward. You know what I'm saying? Um, but but when we think of eros love, we think of sexual pleasure. And while sexual pleasure pertains to eros love, eros love is not only sexual pleasure. We have made it that. Eros love pertains to that which satisfies the physical members of your body. So if it produces a satisfaction to you physically, it is erotic. So if you eat a McDouble and that McDouble, you'd be like, "Mm, that McDouble hidden. Okay, we're Christian in here. If you eat that Chick-fil-A, I mean that spicy chicken with the pickle. And if you just put that Chick-fil-A sauce on the top, 
it's about as close to sex as it gets. You'd be like, whoa, baby, whoa. Let me have two of them. <laughs> I can't do it. Y'all, y'all catching what I'm saying? So if it produces a physical response, it is erotic. So drugs are erotic because it produces the same endorphins that sex produces. Sugar is erotic. Studies have shown that you can be just as addicted to sugar as, it, as cocaine and that it produces the same endorphins as cocaine. That's why y'all can't leave that coke alone. I'm on, I'm on Coke Zero, but uh, I'm a hypocrite. Anyway. <laughs> so therefore, Eros love, don't do that. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Don't ever say coffee again. Okay, where my coffee at? Okay. Eros love pertains to a response to a stimulus. I'm stimulated by that spicy chicken. I respond to the stimulus. It is a response in my brain to the stimulus. Are y'all with me? Cool. So then Eros love requires me to continually be stimulated in order to experience it. Okay. I'll get to that in a minute. Here's the thing. We think that what drives our behavior or what motivates us is what we know. Knowledge does not motivate behavior. The heart motivates your behavior. You can know something isn't good for you and still do it because what you know doesn't matter. You know that Chick-fil-A got 450 calories, but you still want to buy three of them. You know them. You can't. You shouldn't eat fries every day. But what do you do? You eat it. You know he's not good for you. But he makes me feel good. You know she ain't right for you. You know that job sucks. You will do things based on how you feel, not on what you know. And that's why we cannot preach a knowledge gospel. We got to preach an experience gospel. I can teach you Bible verses all day. Ain't going to change nothing about what you do. It's about whether or not your heart is in it. That's why you should love the God, Lord your God with all your heart. Because God knows if you love him with just simply your mind, it won't ever transform anything. That's why we got church folks that aren't really Christian. We got church folks that have a lot of knowledge, but they do not have a lot of heart. But when you worship God, you're supposed to worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. You got to worship him with your heart and you got to worship him with your mind. And so we have people who are limited to the two. They are not mutually exclusive. You got spirit people. They're all up in the air, but they still don't worship, right? You got the mind people that are all over here high in their thoughts and in their theology and in their mindsets, but they're still not there. To worship God appropriately, you need both heart and So there's a symbiosis in the spirit man. It is heart and mind, mind and heart, heart and mind, mind and heart. What you know can affect what you feel. If you allow it to. 
what you feel may influence what you know. But just because you know something doesn't mean you'll feel it. And just because you feel something doesn't mean you will know it. There's one thing that is not devoid in this society. It is knowledge. You want to know something? Know how to do something? Be able to do something? Go to YouTube. I'm trying to pull out the clutch right now. I ain't no mechanic. What do I do? How do you pull out a clutch? (laughs) And then you get like 100 videos teaching you exactly how to do it. We don't even need universities anymore. You can learn everything on YouTube. You ain't got no excuse about knowledge. Right? You don't have an excuse for knowledge. But what changes feeling? Because people know, and yet they do not do. Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Can I go a little bit deeper in my introduction? You have Eros love. That is the simplest form of love. And then you have what's called the Philos love. Gets a little bit deeper. Philos love is, better word in English, is like. Philos love is like. So you can say, I have Philos, meaning I have liking. I like something. It is Philos love that creates friendships. Philos love that creates friendships. Yet, Philos love is very similar to Eros love. How? Because Eros love stimulates the physical body. Philos love stimulates the psychological body. So Philos love, I just got to teach this real quick, make sure we're all on the same page here, because we have those who think they love, but they don't really love, they just like. And we have misappropriated love in thinking that liking a lot means love. Just because you like something a lot doesn't mean you love it. It means you like it a lot because you're responding to a stimulus ready for this most relationships on the planet are philos ready most relationships on the planet are philos it is what I get from him what I get from her how I get this how I get that He doesn't make me happy anymore. She don't really do it for me no more. I don't know, but I'm not really feeling this anymore. I just want someone who can make me happy. All the single ladies, all the single folks. Ready for this? Often, we look for who makes us happy. And so we've made the condition, who makes me happy. If he makes me happy, ready for this? Because good-looking people make me happy, so he's got to look good. he got to have his credit right. He better have money. And that ring better be five carats. Not five carats? Okay, four and a half. It can't got to be four and a half. He's got to have this. He's got to have that. He's got to have this. And what about you? And ready for this? Ready for this? She got to have this. She got to have that. She got to be a 40, 32, 40. She got to have. 
I don't know. I don't know. To, 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 what? No, no, no. Don't worry. <laughs> that, that's a that's a that's a that's a time that's an hourglass no I mean hourglass no no <laughs> no no I mean everybody say hourglass that is exact it's got to be the same up top as the bottom 40 26 40. 40, 26, 40, no. Oh. All right. All right, Wall Star got me corrupted then. Um. <laughs> she got it. All right, so. 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 What if she doesn't have that? And what if he doesn't have that? And what if he's not the perfect guy and she's not the perfect girl and what if your coworker's not the perfect person and your father's not the perfect person and your mother's not the perfect person and the people around you aren't perfect people and the situations that you're in is imperfect and the church that you go to is not perfect. Ready for this? I haven't found the right church for me yet that meets my needs. Because, you know, I have needs. And they must be met. We laugh, but we say that about our spouses. We laugh, but we say that about the people we're around. I can't be his friend. He ain't doing nothing for me. I can't be her friend. She ain't doing nothing for me. And be like that sometimes. We joke, but it's the reason why single people are single. It's the reason, I used to always say this, and man, I, please don't get mad at me on this one. Please, I still love y'all. I still love y'all. You ever notice that church hoppers are all single? The reason why church hoppers are all single, many church hoppers are single. Why? Because they have a problem with the operating system. It's an operating system problem because they still think about everything else in one frame. What do I get from it? The church ain't doing nothing for me. I'm, I'm going to the next one. He ain't doing nothing for me. Next one. She ain't doing nothing for me. Next on to the next. Now you're 42 years old and you're wondering when you're going to have that baby. Oh, I can find something else to do that for me. Philos is responsive. Eros, responsive. Philos is natural. We were born that way. God wired us to respond to pleasure. God wired us to respond to positive stimuli. What is unnatural is agape. Agape love is unnatural. Agape love doesn't make sense. Agape love is one that says, I'm not waiting for a stimulus. I stimulate. I'm not waiting to get. I'm looking for opportunities to give. 
I'm not waiting to see what I get out of it. I'm looking to see what I give into it. And the reason why people can stay married is not because they learn how to get a lot from their spouse. They learn to be satisfied with what their spouse gives and to learn to give more. You see, that's the problem. We, 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 got, we got an operating system problem. And God is saying the only way you're going to be able to shift to other things. This is not about relationships. This is about all the issues of life. It's about everything you commit to. Because not everything in your life is going to feel good, but it can be good. It did not say all things to work together. It says all things work together for the good. It did not say all things are good. Because there's some stuff that won't feel good, but are still good. There's some things that won't stimulate you the way you would want it, but it's still good. And maybe that marital struggle right now is God working something in you to change your heart. Maybe the things that you're going through, God is saying, I'm putting you through it for a good reason. Maybe I'm changing your operating system. All right, I got one more point because I won't be able to finish it. This is the introduction. This is the second part of my introduction. <laughs> second part of my introduction because the, the sermon is really next week, but that's all right. The next part, I, I want to make sure you guys caught it. There's eros. We all do that naturally. There's philos. We all do that naturally. Agape, we're going to need God for that one. <laughs> you, you with me there? We need God for agape. Now, now, you ready for this? Man, okay, I'm going to learn to just love my neighbor as myself. You don't do that naturally. You, <laughs> you need God to do that for you. You need God to work that in you. Are y'all with me on that? So those three types of love, notice now, when we talk about heartbeats, now you're going to see the whole purpose of why it's called heartbeats anyway. Golly, do I have like, how much time do I have? Um, I don't. Heartbeats. Heartbeats. Beats. If the heart is the organ of love, and we're talking about heart beats, pay very close attention now. If you're speaking of hearts beating, you're speaking of cyclical activity. You're speaking about a rhythm. You're speaking about a pattern. You're speaking about a rhythm. You're speaking about a pattern, pattern, rhythm, pattern, rhythm. And when a heart beats, it goes doo-doom, 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 something like that. For some people, it's like doo-doom, For cyclists, it's doo-doom, doo-doom. But it all does the same thing. Is that in the beating, in the beating, in the beating, in the beating, if it ever stops, what happens to the body? It dies. If it ever stops, the body decays. It's actually in the stopping of the heartbeat that you are pronounced dead. And so if you have a heart, it has to have a rhythm, a rhythm, a rhythm, a rhythm. What does a heart do? Why does it go to do? Because it takes blood and it distributes it. What does it take? Notice that a heart never keeps anything. A heart never holds anything. A heart only distributes things. And so when the heart is beating, it's taking deoxygenated blood. It's sending it to the lungs to get oxygen. And when it receives the oxygen, it sends it out to the body. Notice it takes what's malnourished and puts it to a place where it will find nourishment. 
And once it puts it to a place where it finds nourishment, then it takes it and it distributes it. It doesn't hold on to negative things. It takes negative things and it transitions it into positive. Oh, y'all ain't with me. It takes the stuff that isn't good and then it makes it good. It takes the stuff that are wrong and it makes it right. I don't wait for the lungs to do it. I'm sending it to the lungs. I'm not waiting for the body to do it. I'm going to send it where it has to go. Here's the problem. We see the negative things in life and we don't distribute it. We hold on to it. We hold on to negativity. We hold on to hurt. We hold on to pain. He did that to me. I got to wait for him to apologize. No, you got the power to forgive yourself. You ain't got to wait on nobody. You can go to him. You can go to her. You can do it yourself. If I'm in a marriage and she ain't what I want her to be, that's all right. You can take whatever she's not and you can make yourself into what you would want her to be. That's what love looks like. Love takes it in and love puts it out. It takes what's wrong and then it pushes it out the right way. It takes negativity and pushes out positivity. That's what the heart does. That's not us. We're not hearts. We're receptacles. We receive, well, I've been hurt all my life. And so we never push out positivity. We don't send it to the lungs for air. We send it to the rest of the body to die. And so we allow the hurt that people have performed on our lives affect us in every element in our lives. Because he hurt me, I now perceive every man that same way. Because she hurt me, I now perceive every woman that way. Because I didn't have a father or because my father wasn't what he was supposed to be. Now I have a tainted perception of fatherhood and I have a tainted perception about men. I can't trust men now. That's why guys don't trust each other. It's because of their fathers. And women don't trust men because of their fathers. And if your mother was very oppressive to you, you immediately look at the women around you as images of your mother. And so now women see other women as competition rather than seeing them as sisters in Christ because you're still projecting the negativity. You're not a heart, you're a stomach. You're taking in the stuff and you're just digesting it, digesting it, digesting it. And the stomach doesn't put anything out but feces. And so at the end of the day, we just take the stuff in, we take the stuff in, we take the stuff in, we take it in, we take it in, we keep taking the trash, keep taking the trash, we keep taking the crap, we keep taking the crap, and we keep taking the crap, and then we take it in, and then eventually we are full of crap. But God said, your heart has to beat. Your heart has to beat. I want you to look at somebody and say, does your heart beat? I'm not talking about your physical heart. I'm talking about your spiritual heart. Does your heart beat? Do you take negativity and turn it around? Do you take what people say against you and realize who you really are? Do you look at people who hate you and say, I'm still going to love you anyway? I'm still going to care for, or do you respond to hate with hate? Do you respond to anger with anger? Do you respond to crap with crap? God said, no, you got to take negativity and you got to bring life. I'm going to give you one verse. And we're closing.
That word have I hid in my heart. I like that. I want you to turn your Bibles really quick. Ready for this? Last verse. Intro's done. I think. And then we're going to close with prayer. So in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Now I want you to see Okay, sorry, my phone is tripping. This is a conversation. Wow. Come on now. There it is. Okay. Romans 5, 8. Somebody needs an upgrade. Okay. It's not, it's not. Romans 5 verse 8. <laughs> I give up on it. I want you to look at it real quick. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. I don't want to just tell it to you. I want you to read it. But God demonstrated his love. Watch. In that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Christ went up on a cross, rejected by men. Not other men, rejected by all men. Not other men, by all men. Not just them, Peter. He was rejected by Peter. He was rejected by his disciples, they didn't come for him. They hid from him. Jesus was rejected by his own brothers. Jesus was hated by his brothers. He stands on a cross, not only rejected, but crucified, criticized, spoke out against. And here he is looking down on everyone who is throwing everything but positivity. Nobody's encouraging Jesus. You got this, Jesus. All humanity rests upon you. The savior of all mankind. The savior of the world. No, it was crucify him. Didn't I heal you? Weren't you there when I preached? Weren't you the one that came and followed me for the past three years? You? Because they had filial love for him. He was doing everything they wanted until they realized he wasn't going to become a physical king. So they were celebrating him on Palm Sunday. And they were crucifying him a week later because they said, you're not what I wanted you. I'm not getting what I want out of you. And this Jesus stands on the cross. Look what he does. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. Is that you? Is that you? I'm closing. Is that you? Do you take in rejection? And do you respond with acceptance? 
Do you take hate? And do you respond with love? Pastor, I thought we were going to talk about how I get my boo. Do you take hate, respond with love? Do you take hurt and respond with healing? Do you do what a heart should do? Does your heart beat? Bow your heads.